Sister Gladys has for over 20 years lived by the mantra, helping where nobody is helping. Actually, she has lived by this mantra all her life. She knew she wanted to be a Catholic nun since she was four years old. As a child, I used to hear of Mother Teresa. And she, there's a song that was given us about Mother Teresa who picked a child from a container where she was thrown and took care of it. I wanted where I can be helping people. So I had this congregation, the Little Sisters of St. Joseph, whose motto was to help where nobody helps. And I thought, yes, that is where I fit. The thing about helping, though, and a fact that she has painfully realized, is that you cannot help everyone. It's a very painful story. I know. Very, very painful story of this child. When a case of three siblings was brought to her desk one morning in February of 2019, she knew it was going to be an easy case of getting the kids, bringing them to her center, and helping them. But it proved to be one of those cases that tested her patience, her faith in people, and her strength to help where nobody else is. You can imagine, he saw the mother getting buried, and he's being taken to another family where the aunties and uncles while looking at him being sold. Sorry. I'm sorry. Stop. That was a very sad case. Welcome to the Human Interest Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Waboy. It was in February. Uh, a lady came to my office and uh, asked if I can admit very needy uh, children for vocational skills. And I said, yes, that is why I'm here. I'd like to, to interview them. So the lady told me that uh, it's not easy to just interview them because they have a story behind. They were sold in 2011. So she asked me to go. So I went um, to, to the place through the grandmother that sold them. So when the grandma saw me, she was delighted and she accepted to show me where they were sold. Did the grandmother tell you why she sold off the boy and the girl? Yes. They actually two boys and a girl. But the boy is still, the youngest is still a baby, aged 13. She told me when the parents passed on, they, she had nothing without to take care of them. So she thought the best thing was to sell. But I don't think whether that was the only reason. There is the issue of a culture. There is the issue of people who don't want to take care because they were glad to receive money. 8,000 that they used, I think, for a week. And the money was finished. 8,000 shillings for, oh, okay, for all the three children. 8,000 shillings per, per child. child. Yes, so that's 24,000. Yes. So um, I, I knew friends. I knew friends that could help me. I asked the grandma to request the family to return them. And I was ready to pay the money. So I liased through, uh, with friends. We raised the money. We returned the money to the family that bought them, and we talked with them. 
we told them now the children need to come back home since they are they are they they their homes they they know where their home is this family that bought these children mm-hmm. when you went and and told them um you will pay them to have these children back what did they think what were their thoughts even allowing you to come there now i went through the grandmother that sold them because i thought if it gets to the to the government you know what it means it is human trafficking but we didn't want to traumatize anybody because god might have used this family to keep them alive because one thing i thank them even if they didn't know they educate them even if they subjected them to to child labor and uh, they did not really protect them they were alive because some people can take remove their heart and self such things happen but we we found them alive so is the what uh, what really made them to come out is that uh, the children themselves told them we want to go back home we want to go with the we want to go with the sister that is the only thing that made them come out and they refused they refused to stay there mm-hmm. of course i know if they were well treated if they were taken to school they could have stayed but nothing that family kept on selling land and they kept on asking them when you are selling and you brought us here what is our future here in when they were sold off how old were they the youngest was 7 uh, years the second born was uh, around 12 years and then the eldest was 15 you see they were children according to the definition of a child in Kenya or by unicef yes so by the time you were going to rescue them yeah if the last born was 7 uh 8 years later they were 15 the last one the last one he going on to 15 yeah. because he was born in uh, September 5th 204 mm. and the first born was the first born was how many years uh, he, what i have uh, is he was 15 when he was sold because now he's 23 yes this is one case major case that has happened being my apostolate i can't I can't imagine when people can see a child mutota anauzwa and they are seeing they are doing nothing they are receiving money gladly i thought it could be good if they could take to relatives and to sell this they sold these three and um, they lost could don't cope he went to kisi town where he was taught robbery drugs cards and married to a 38 year old lady who gave him a motorbike he still a teenager he used to fend for himself and pay fees for himself and then he dropped out of school in form 2 nobody could see even we have leaders in our church leaders in our churches we have leaders in our villages 
We have people who could help, but they, they threw away the children. This boy has suffered, even if he came to steal. At one point, I understood. Yes, he, he can break into any house and take whatever he wants. Because this is what the world gave him. Nobody was merciful to help them. Nobody. It pained me with this story of the children. Then this family that bought them did not take them to school. The girl was given off to marriage. She was married to a standard three. A standard three dropout who is now um, a, build, a house builder in Kisi County. And they lived very miserable lives. And nobody could see the way, this, the way these children were suffering. Well, I worked to bring them, to, to restore their dignity. But this boy has failed me. But also I realized it was too quick because I didn't have a place to take him for, for counseling. I didn't have money to help him. The only option was to bring him here so that he can do a vocational course and then um, get him a place build him a house because I know I can liaise with people, fundraise and get a place for him. There are so many places where even if they are so interior and hardship area where we can buy land cheaply, that was my intention. But he has gone back. I don't know exactly where he is. I don't know where he is. But I blame our world that is merciless. People that cannot see what the pain of the children is in our world. And they left this children, those children's life to take that direction. Well, um, the other boy is gone. Because I don't think whether I can manage the case. Because we have four major issues. We have drugs. We have Pombe. There is theft. And I cult. I think he had signs of cults inside him. He's already destroyed. I cannot manage the case. Maybe, maybe an organization can manage. I, I thought of um, peace and justice to get him out of the lady. But um, how to, to start? You need money. Um, um, you need people who have faith to help rescue the boy. And when I talked to this boy a number of times, because I called him to my own home, he was very positive. He told me, sister, I dropped in Form 2. I like to go back to Form 2. Since Still, the doors are open. He has not registered for NKCSE. And he told me, after which I like to do a course. Because the motorbike, I have had several accidents with the motorbike. Right now, he doesn't have two teeth. Yeah? And then he's a bit blind. Then he, uh, he has cuts all over, bruises all over his body. 
and he told me a motorbike business enough to it i want to come back what makes him go back is what i didn't understand yeah of course he takes bangi i i'll show you a photo of when he came and when he left from here she showed me the picture of the boy and i remember thinking how sad he looked i remember asking her if she was sure that the boy was 23 because he barely looked 15 he was so small his eyes sort of stared into nothingness it was his scars that spoke though that sort of justified his age it's like each scar aged him spoke of his journey the confusion of not knowing which scar was the aftermath of his motorcycle accidents and which scar was as a consequence of his alcohol or drug abuse if he went through domestic violence in his after picture he looked straight at the camera but that was just about it i did not question when sister gladys said that he went back to his old life as soon after this picture was taken because it he looked the same um say for the neater outfit that he was wearing the girl could be here to do tailoring and dressmaking just like the mother because i thought some skills ran down the family she is married she can't leave the husband it shows around 15 1516 yeah I'm, i'm yet to visit them but what i did eh, i have a friend that gave me some money I started business for her. I have not gone back to see how the the business how she is going on with the business. I I was doubting whether the business uh, she continued because she was she was very needy. You know a business cannot prosper in the hands of a hungry person. She wanted clothes. She wanted to educate her two children. The husband goes building comes home sometimes drunk so she has work to do so i was thinking if i empower her with some business skills she can sustain her family instead of taking her to school because um her family is becoming bigger yeah. and you can see the state the state she is in um being married to a class 3 you know what it means i met sister gladys through a friend this friend of mine together with a group of her friends donated to the savelberg technical and training college where gladys is the principal this institution in a nutshell takes in needy cases and helps equip them with the necessary technical and vocational skills for self-reliance and sustainability it also offers counseling services and teaches religious values I must mention the mantra help where nobody is helping sits pretty well here because she takes in young men and women who either did not perform too well or unable to afford an education or who are reforming in one way or another or all of the above so her students are a very good mix of life lessons so to speak and that's where we really focused on when we met but I liked that she has never given up on her calling I was a lecturer at the Jomo Kenyatta University and the Cooperative University I was asked to come here because the institution was going very low and the sisters wanted someone who has the teaching background so when I was asked to come here I did not object I just came 
And many people kept on asking me, sister, that is too low for you. Why are you coming out of the university as a lecturer and you're coming to work here? In this vocational institution, I knew God had a purpose for me of being here. There were students here who were not able to pay fees completely. I offered them the opportunity because when I admitted five that were able to pay, I admitted one. So when I came here, I had around 46 students and only 18 were able to pay. I struggled, literally, but all of them completed. I felt a lot of joy because I, I thought I helped somebody to be stable somewhere. Right now, I have uh, 27 on course and then 14 outside uh, in different places for attachment. The summer in Amboseli, Kibo, Savari Club. Some are in Masai Lodge and near Rungai. Uh, some are in uh, Naivasha, uh, different places. And uh, we have other places that we take uh, them for attachment. Then there are two in uh, Kenyatta Hospital. Those are our first diploma students. They are doing very well. They are actually... And how does it make you feel, you know, knowing that after all the struggle that they actually go out there and they become successful people? Actually, I've be I become very happy and satisfied that I have done my job. I am satisfied that someone outside there is not struggling as they were struggling before. It makes me feel very happy and it motivates me to keep on identifying the very needy boys and girls outside there and bring them to the institution. Yeah. How can someone support? Uh, with, with the nature of our training, the major challenge we have is fees. Mm. Yeah. How do they reach you if someone wants to support? Uh, like, what are the options? Like, I know the group is supporting with uh, food. Like, can people bring food? If people want to bring money, where should they? Where can they deposit things like that? Okay. If someone wants to help uh, a boy or a girl acquire skills in our institution, they need to visit us, meet the girls and the boys and uh, their parents or guardians, talk to them, see where their needs are, and then from there, if they want to pay fees, we'll give them the, the, the course the student has chosen, the fee structure, then they'll see whatever they are able to, to pay. For those who maybe want to support in terms of food, clothing, are those also options that you... Take. Yes, those who want to help us, especially food, we really appreciate. They help us to, to, to sustain them here. Instead of uh, sending them home because we don't have food, you'll find that we are facilitated. So that is one big help that we appreciate. So what we, we usually require is uh, rice, beans, cooking fat, um, maize flour, um, wheat flour, and then we, we spend a lot in catering training. So if we have people that can supply us with chicken, beef, ingredients, that's dry, dry spices and dry, other dry foods that are very costly, we will really appreciate and we will be able to train more girls. Then we we'll, we'll also appreciate people who can pay Kenya National Examination fee.
Details of Savile Bud Technical and Training College are available online if you would like to help. The greater lesson here, though, is that there are those who refuse to give up on others, even when everyone else has. And it gets you thinking, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing to make a difference in this universe? And that reminds me, if you are doing something in your own space to change the world and would love to share your story, please get in touch with me either via email, thehumaninterestpodcast at gmail.com or Evelyn Omboy on Twitter and Facebook. You can find the Human Interest Podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. So please like, subscribe, comment, rate, but most importantly, share, because you never know who needs some inspiration, and especially during these uncertain times. I'm Evelyn Omboy. See you next week. <laughs>